Now moved ahead. In comes Thomas to the chance. Moved it, but he scores! Kill Thomas has given Taylor the lead. With less than four minutes to go in the third period. Man, how I've missed that music. Spring Griffiths and Paul Almeida. How you doing? Good. Uh, question is, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's been uh, already about 10 months since we came back yes. from the World Junior Tour, and we're finally getting around to doing our recap. Well, a lot of things have happened, and we'll get into that on another podcast, but let's talk about that, that journey. It was such a w- wonderful experience for me. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start with your impressions, uh, Bryn, of this, during the tournament. Okay. You know, we were in Prague uh, before the tournament started. Uh, we went to Ostrava and Olomouc. Uh, we stayed in uh, uh, Olomouc, did our traveling to Ostrava for the games and Trinets, by the way. Yes. So I want to start by, first of all, while we were in Prague, your impressions of the city, your impressions of... You know, just the atmosphere in Prague around Christmas time, and uh, what you thought being the you know your first time over there. Well, I've done the western part of Europe. I've not done Central or Eastern Europe, but man, oh man, it was it's, it was mind numbing. It's funny. I was thinking about this just the other day when we and we got there a little bit earlier than the rest of the pack. Yes. And I remember the bus, we waited, we held the bus back waiting for people to arrive at the airport. So we were at the airport for maybe an extra hour, hour and a half. I didn't care. I was just so happy to be there. And it was nice to meet the people on the bus, nice to talk to people as we wandered in and out of the airport. Nice opportunity to try some of the chocolates <laughs> and buy some stuff up at the store yeah. at the airport while we waited for everybody else to kind of get together and join us but man you talk about uh prog it's everything that my european my welsh cousins had told me about they've always loved going there for a long weekend mm-hmm. because it's uh it's a very welcoming place very historic place i i will say the one thing that i was blown away by was the expense it wasn't very expensive no. for me yeah. yeah i thought it was really cheap and you and i've laughed about this and it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I've had an interesting 2020. The last time I had KFC <laughs> was in the, the little mall that was attached to yes. uh, the hotel. Yes. And the, the KFC there was way better than the KFC in North America. That was the last time. And that was just before Christmas. That was the last time I've had KFC. I'm working my way up to it here again. Yes. But it's going to be hard to beat. But the whole experience in Prague was uh, was phenomenal. We had a wonderful Christmas dinner there, yep. but just to wander around the city. And one of the things that I love when I go anywhere that is in Canada or the U.S., I like to put myself into positions where I'm a little uncomfortable yep. or where I know it's going to be a little bit of a challenge maybe to speak the language. We did the big joke about the fact that when I got there, I was having a bit of an internal issue. Mm-hmm. 
And I was a little that didn't uh, stop you on the square from having a sausage. Right? No, of course not. <laughs> no, one of my you, favorite pictures of you from the trip. When you're there, you're gonna you're gonna uh, sample everything. And I was a little jammed up, a little plugged up, and I had to go down to the the pharmacy. They, it's not like here where you can go to, you know, the the shoppers drug marts of the world or Rexall or wherever and get everything done in the one place. There at the little mall. There was the place where you could buy all the, you know, the toiletry items and everything like that. But you had to go around the corner yep. to the pharmacy. And it was a little old lady and I had to use, and she could not speak English at all. And I needed a laxative <laughs> in the worst way or the best way, depending on how you want to view it. And I had to use my Google Translate thing on my phone. And when I showed her what my problem was, she went, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> And we communicated with through that device. Yep, yep. That and I love that and it made a memorable mark on me because that's the uncomfortableness stuff that I love when I travel. Yeah. It's a challenge for me. The whole the whole thing in Prague was was very, very solid. The organization, the tours we did, it was uh, I, I just when I go back to Prague, I'd go back in a heartbeat. I just loved it. The Christmas atmosphere on that square and walking around that downtown uh, was really something. Oh, yeah. And to see people, uh, you know, our people on the tour walking around, enjoying the atmosphere, going through the little markets, uh, you know, just it's sensory overload, really, when, you, when you're standing in that, in that square, you have the history, you have the architecture, you have the Christmas, you know, you have everything at once. Yeah. It's like a big candy store, right? And uh, you're just walking around in a bit of a, a, a daze, actually, because you're just trying to take it all in. And, uh, you know, we also did the boat tour there in the evening, which I really enjoyed. Very special. That, that was a very special night. It was, uh, it was spectacular. But it's just that everybody was in such a great mood. We knew it was coming. And so everybody just kind of, I thought everybody blended in beautifully into Prague and blended into uh, the Czech Republic way. Yeah. And uh, I thought the boat tour was, was fantastic. I, that's an, just another one of those uh, events that we did where I'm not going to forget it. Rob Hislop, our good buddy, was taking yes. pictures and did a wonderful job. Took one of me on the back of the boat that's on the river. Picture, it's a great picture of me, and it was totally unexpected. And I treasure that picture. Yep. Like I said, it just it, the, the whole the trip got off to such an incredible start, and it didn't stop until the end. So, on Christmas Day, we had the Christmas party in Prague. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. It um, was Santa was fantastic. Nice, Santa, for, nice of him to drop in. <laughs> we had Santa. It cost me a lot to make sure that he took some time out of his busy schedule after you know an evening. That of work well you can't before. pay him minimum wage no. at that time of year just to show oh. up paul come on and then uh we had the f- the photographer there we had uh, music uh, I-, I thought it was an, an excellent evening i really enjoyed uh watching people go up and take the picture with santa mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite pictures because there's a picture of everybody there's a picture of us with goofy hats on yes as well that i wish would go away <laughs> well there's a few pictures of me from many trips that I wish would go away, but they seem to pop up all the time. I think the alcohol was talking that <laughs> night. That's just me. But it, it was a fabulous evening as well. So the next day we go to our little base in Olomouc. Yep. Your impressions of that town. I really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what I enjoyed. One, 
I I was facing the square and also the the station. The train station. Yep. So every morning you'd get up or you'd take a peek out and you could see the square and you could see when when everything was coming to life in the morning. You could see the uh, the the trolleys and uh, I just I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I think we had a little snow one night. Not much, really. The weather was spectacular, I thought, for the entire trip. But I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed finding my way on one of the trams down to the shopping center, which was state-of-the-art Yeah, because it Modern. had a Starbucks. It's the only yeah. reason that I had to drag Marty well, Forbes, yeah, our buddy. Marty was happy because uh, Starbucks, Starbucks guy. at the top of his list anywhere he goes. Yeah, and I could have done uh, – the cost of coffee was <laughs> pretty spectacular there too. But I like to wander the streets and – the little town, the the town square, which is really two town squares yeah. in a lot of ways. It was fun. It was a blast. It was great. And I really enjoy the picture that we took there. The group picture with everybody. Yes. I've got that at home. And uh, it's one of my, I always like to take that group picture because it really shows, you know, how united the group is in supporting Canada and how, you know, we're all there for the same thing. We're yeah. there to have fun. We're in a new country. We're together to experience the world juniors, but you know, uh, I just love that picture. I love looking at that picture as I do the ones from previous world juniors as well. And, and one other thing too, that I got to say the the citizens were fantastic. The other thing that I learned and I, and I learned and I laughed watching Marty because when Marty would go for instructions to anybody, he always seemed to go to somebody his age. Yes. And I found that those people don't speak very good English. What you'd look for you look for the younger generation with a knapsack and a ball cap on because they're probably going to school or university or college and they want to try their English out. That's right. And they probably speak some English, which is yes. helpful as well. Yeah. So the other thing we did in um, Olamotes is we had our New Year's party there and I thought the band was excellent. Yes. Uh, I thought the, the whole evening was uh, really nice to celebrate with everybody i thought everybody was in the right mood and uh, really enjoyed that event and uh from there you know you look at the tournament then the two towns in the tournament ostrava and trinets uh the arenas couldn't be polar opposites i know they were uh your impressions on both arenas first of all well it's funny let's uh, go to ostrava first i really enjoyed the city that we get a chance to see but I also kind of veered off the tour a couple of times, yes. caught up to you guys, took the train in, which was a, an hour trip, really enjoyed that. But he had to get from the train station in Ostrava to the arena. Yes. Uh, figured that out, tap and go uh, credit card payment on the, tr- on the tram, take you right to the door of the arena, had a chance to soak up the environment of everybody on the train. I always thought to myself, how will I know if I'm on the right train? You'd know right away because there's Canadian people on the train. How will I know if I'm on the right tram? You just follow the rest of the Canadian people. Or I, I, I got to be honest, I, I started leading the troop in a lot of ways because <laughs> that everybody... Doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Brian. Everybody kind of knew who I was and I seemed to know what I was doing. So everybody just kind of went, well, well we if, just that, if that's what he's doing, then let's do it. But anyway... Uh, the arena in Ostrovo is a little bit older. It's had a retrofit, that kind of thing. Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. Then you go up to Trinich, and it is, it to me, it had a real U.S. Steeltown feel about it. Oh, yeah. Right? 
But the arena was beautiful. It's beautiful. Just yeah. a gorgeous arena. I mean, that type of arena is what junior hockey clubs wish they had. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. the the seating was fantastic. The pitch of the seating was fantastic. Uh, you know, where we sat, uh, I really enjoyed watching the game from there. And uh, even the concourse was wide enough. Uh, the food was good. Oh, yeah, the uh, the bratwurst, you mean, <laughs> uh, was uh, probably the best brat I had on that entire trip with the exception of Poland. Yeah. I had I had one better. It's funny, now we're ju- judging the, the trip by the quality of the bratwurst in, in the locations we were at. There's one other funny story about that arena in Trinich, and that is a very good friend of mine is Dennis Bayak. Yes. I've known Dennis since the Western Hockey League when I was working there, and he was the assistant GM of the Saskatoon Blades. Also former Oilers play-by-play guy. Yes, and he and Craig Button were on the other side of the arena. Mm-hmm. Well, we couldn't, we didn't have access there, so I'm texting with Dennis yeah. from our seats. Hey, Dennis, how you doing? And this is during commercial breaks. Hey, Brinster, how's it going? Great. Where are you? I said, we're in sections, and I start, we would wave, and next thing you know, Dennis is waving. Say hi to Craig. Den- and then Dennis, you can see him turn to Craig in the press box, and both of them are waving. That's as close as I came to seeing Dennis on that entire trip was via text in the exact same arena. I thought it was, for me, it was pretty funny. But it's a small world. It, you just to, wouldn't to want to paint it. around the world, and then you're waving to a buddy across in the rink. Who I didn't uh, see the rest of the time there, other crazy. than the fact we were texting your commercial breaks. So the other thing we did, Bryn, uh, during the tournament is we did some excursions. We went to Moravsky Cross, which is the cave system. Bojov Castle, which is very nice. Uh, Vienna. Loved it. And some but of us, it was also the coldest I was on the entire yeah, trip that, that one day. day. And, and, you're out, and, and in fairness, when you're in Vienna, we're outside most of the time. But we found a way to warm up, and that was eat probably the best Wiener Schnitzel yes, I've ever had. At Wiener Vault. Of all places. <laughs> and we also... You know, we went to Poland, and it was an early morning for those of us that went. Uh, of course, we did uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau. We did the tour there, which was uh, a humbling and uh, very mind-numbing. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's something I'll never forget. I, I can't imagine what those people went through mentally, physically, while they're in that camp. I do remember. Bitching, whining, and complaining at five in the morning as we're jumping on that bus. Yeah. By about eleven o'clock in the morning, after we had done that tour, mm-hmm. I've shut up because you you recognize how fortunate and lucky we are with our lives, and how uh, difficult it was for people to go through that, and many did not get through that. Oh, most did not get through as soon as they walked through those walls through those uh, gates. Yeah. Never made it out of there. And we also went to Krakow as well, which I thought a was huge a highlight for me. City. Very interesting city and very interesting square. Um, again, uh, something unique uh, from other places that I've been in Europe. I couldn't believe how fantastically redone it had been. And when I say redone, re-est- what's the word I'm looking at? Reestablished, but refurbished. It had taken a beating in the war. Yeah. In World War II. Reconstructed. So reconstructed. And they they really made sure that it looked exactly the way it looked centuries ago. Yep. I was just completely blown away by Krakow. It was, just, it was uh, another one of those highlights for me. 
So going back to the tournament, and uh, this will be our last focus on this podcast, is the tournament itself. And I thought that the first game we saw, the oh. first the first day, the first two games we saw, for me, were two of the best hockey games we've seen that whole tournament. Set the table for the entire week and a half. It, it, to me, you know, the Russia-Czech game was a really good game. I noticed, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but the Czech people were really hungry for a win in that game. Oh, they were. Uh, yeah, I don't think there were too many of them saying, you know, we got to be nice to the Russians. For many reasons. For many reasons, exactly. Long memories there. And the Canada-US game right after. I mean, those two games back-to-back to start off the tournament, uh, I don't think there was a better day in terms of two games than that first day. I, I would agree with you. It's funny. Which of the games, other than the gold medal game, mm-hmm. stuck out for you? Canada check for me. Oh, somebody's trying to get a hold of me in my phone. Maybe. Uh, but, but I got to say, the one game that stood out for me, other than the gold medal game, was Canada getting their... Uh, oh, against Russia. Yeah. That was a shocker. A stunning, stunning loss by Team Canada who, who, I remember on the bus trip. That it was, was a, a quiet bus trip. It was a very quiet bus trip, but I remember thinking to myself up at the front there, thinking, wow, so, somebody has been revealed here. Yeah. Is it Russia? Is it Canada? What did we just see here tonight? Yeah, it was. Uh, it and was that stuck opening. with me all the way through to the gold medal game because I was afraid oh, yeah. as Russia was gaining momentum in the gold medal game, are we going down that same road? And. They looked super powerful offensively and a lot of speed, a lot of guys that can turn defenses inside out. Then you start to question, you know, is this Canadian defense good enough? Is our goaltending good enough? Which has always been the question. Is our coaching good enough? I've even questioned the coaches that first night. Very true, Bryn. And like I said, the Team Canada uh, box was next to our box that we had at the arena. And... They didn't stick around too much after that game. Oh, no. Uh, As soon as that game was about a minute left, they all just bolted out of the box. And I think they had some concern on their mind as well. The other thing, too, I cannot thank you enough. My seats were right in the middle of the opposition parent seats. I don't know how you did that. I could see our group over in the next section. Yeah. They were having a great time over there. Well, I put you on the edges, let's say. (laughs) Yeah, and, and uh, for the Russian game and the gold medal game, yes. I was right in the middle of the parents from Russia. And you certainly see the game differently when you see it through the eyes of the parents oh, of the yeah. team you're playing. Yeah, the angst. But, oh, yeah. and but there was. You, but that's when you realize, Bryn, that there are people no different than you. If it was your son out on the ice playing for Canada or playing for another country, you know, you're, you're battling every shift with them. You're, you're living it with them. And, and you're feeling the angst of, you know, uh, did he make the right play? Are we going to win? Oh, my God, he made a little mistake. Is that going to cost us? Oh, what a great play he made. You know, so the, the emotions of these parents. Oh, yeah. When you're playing for a national team, you know, not only you, you, are you invested in your child, but you're also invested in your country and winning for your country. I don't think I said this on the podcast, on our final one, the, the one we did after the gold medal victory. But I was sitting next to a, a, a couple. Their one uh, kid was out on the ice, and I was able to figure out by the number of the jersey that the parents were wearing yeah. who the kid was. And we could barely speak or communicate, but we were communicating through watching hockey. Yeah. 
right? Like a referee would make a bad call against Canada or Russia, and I'd look at the father and we'd do the, right? And we would laugh. Yeah. And that was, a, we couldn't talk to hockey, each other. Hockey's your connection. Our connection was, oh boy, yeah. not good. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, I had to be careful that I didn't go into that fake Russian <laughs> thing because I didn't want anybody to think I was making fun of them because I wasn't. But yeah. at the end of it, after Canada won and the anthems uh, were played, the one the one father gave me a big hug, and he and the wife they just kind of quietly went away. Yeah, and I, and I teared up a little bit because I had uh, I had developed a relationship with these mm-hmm. these two while watching the gold medal game. I'll never see those people ever again. Yeah, but it was that one special three hour moment that meant so much to me watching my team win. On the road, that that one for me is my fifth World Juniors. First one for me outside of Canada, and it's the most memorable one for me because watching the Canadian Maple Leaf flag be raised and to hear the 3,000 Canadians that were in the arena singing the anthem, it was us against everybody. Yeah. It was it was a real special thing for me. Well, the other thing for me is that you get the fans from the other countries there as well. Oh, which yeah. Which makes it unique because when it's held in Canada, let's, let's face it, Bryn, it's 99.9% Canadians in the stands. Mm-hmm. You don't get that diversity of different people cheering their own teams. You go to Europe, you get that. You know, you see people in their Swedish jerseys, their Russian jerseys, their Czech jerseys, their Slovak jerseys. Czech is against Slovakia. When those two teams ever play, that's a big game. Um, and you, you know... You, because there's not just hockey history. Oh, there's the political history. I know. There's everything. And the other side of it, too, that people maybe don't have an understanding when you go to a world juniors in Europe versus here, it's not uncommon to run into ex NHLers, NHL general managers, you know, they're all there in the building. And, you know, we met some very interesting people. Uh, Bill Guerin came in to our box to say hello. Um, Great to see Billy. A big thing for me is I got to shake Vladislav Trechak's hand. Um, you were glowing after that, oh, by the he's way. He's a huge man. I never realized he was that big a guy, but he is a big man. Um, and then, you know, just all the scouts that are there. Steve Eiserman we saw. Um, Chris Draper. Uh, Shell Samuelson, who is a beast of a man. Like 6'10 or something. A couple of former Oilers, Sean Horkoff. And Todd Marchant was another guy that had a chance to talk to there. Yep. It was Tyler great. Wright came in our box. Uh we introduced a couple of our people to Ken Holland. They were scared to go say hello to him. But there were a ton of people. Javi Bulin was there. You know, uh, he was a part of the Russian contingent in the tournament. So, you know, those type of things are things that you never forget at those tournaments. No, and you run into those people not necessarily at the arena. You can run into those people everywhere. Yeah. Which is another one of those things that makes this event so special. And one last thing, Bryn, before we go here, Canada winning the gold medal. Yeah. It has to be the cherry on top because I've been to two others with uh, these groups and Canada wasn't even in the final. And that's a different atmosphere when you're trying to pick, okay, who are we going to cheer for? Are we cheering for the Finns? Are we cheering for the Swedes? Who are we cheering for in the final here? Well, we didn't have that problem this year because Canada was in the final and that big goal by Kiel Thomas yeah, which we played off the top of the podcast. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal to win the tournament. And it was. Uh, you're right. To sit there and watch the anthem being played, 
the trophies being handed out. That was a, a big uh, final cap on the tournament. Hey, one last thing for me on this one. I never really had a chance to watch the broadcast until about maybe three weeks ago. It's a different perspective, isn't it? it? And it was great. But you know what's funny is that when you're sitting in the crowd and you're watching the game and you're, you know, you're soaking up everything right from the struggle to go down and get uh, concessions during the intermissions, the struggle to get in and out of the arena between games, and that I'm claustrophobic. I found a way to cheat the system a little bit, found the right people. I was able to do that. But getting the chance to watch it on TV, I completely forgot that Canada had fallen down in the score the way they did in the third period and rallied to come back to win it. It was such a special time. And it was just so special to be with you and your family and everybody else and their family. And everybody, it was just so great. It was all so much fun to see people the following morning at breakfast. Everybody had a big smile on their face. They were ready to get to the buffet and... Man, it was a, like I said, I, it was a 22-day trip for me. Yeah. And every day there was some fun stuff. It, and it's weird what you remember. There was a little grocery store right next to the hotel. Yes, Albert's. Albert's. I love going in there every day <laughs> because, once again, they didn't speak English at the cashier, but they, I, I would always say good morning so they knew that I was speaking English. And they would immediately turn the screen around so I could see the tally on right, everything. Right. It's weird. So they could communicate the price to you. Exactly. They wouldn't know how to say it in English. Right? E- exactly. And so it's, you know, we can talk about winning the gold medal all we want. But for me, the whole experience and little yeah. moments like that made it so special. So one last thing, Bryn, and I'll have you just talk briefly about it, is after the tournament was over, Chesky Krumlov, Salzburg, Munich, your quick impressions of those trips. Well, I thought they were great. Uh, I just, uh, and also totally different. I was really excited to get to Salzburg because my mom was the biggest Sound of Music fan. Uh-huh. So I wanted to kind of see where things... Did you twirl? I did. I tried to find a place where I could just... Did you dance around the Pegasus Fountain? I did all of that stuff, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, went down to the square and, uh, you know, the only thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go into the theater. Yes, where the uh, the yeah. family had sung allegedly, and yeah. started to disappear, and that's how they got away from the Nazis that were ready to take the father away. It's all that kind of stuff, and uh, and then the other we hit the Red Bull Museum. Yes, unbelievable one, unbelievable stuff in it, but the building itself, the construction of it, was just a, a mind numbing thing yeah. for me. Yeah. And then we get to Munich. And I wasn't feeling particularly well. We'll get to that in another podcast. So I bailed on the city tour because it was either you do the city tour and get to bed early for our flight out the next day, or you relax and rest during the day to make sure you can get to the Hofbrauhaus House. Let me guess what you picked, Bryn. I I went for the latter (laughs) because to me, if I'm thinking of Munich, I'm thinking of Oktoberfest and how crazy this place must be you know, late September into October, but I wanted to experience that, and it was fun. It was also great to get together with most of our gang again. Yeah, one last time. One last time. So it, it was it was a blast, and and then to KLM, KLM, wow, what a great airline! They were fantastic, treated me really well. I I'm sure other people viewed it the same way. Excellent. So that's our World Junior 2020 recap. 
I hope uh, all of you out there enjoyed listening again after a bit of a break from the two of us. Um, a, you know, a recap of the of the tour, what we did, what we experienced, and hopefully you guys have the same type of memories we do. Okay, is this the end then? That's it. All right, well, here we go. They're trying to turn the lights off.